Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Hello, America, and happy Sunday. Yes, I so like forward to this Sunday edition now because we take the best of the TV show that we haven't had a chance to share with you and we make it available on Sunday morning when maybe you're scrambling the eggs or reading the newspaper, going for that long walk, hanging out with the dogs, whatever it is. Sometimes I'm at the cabin. I like to listen to it. We've got four or five great guests every Sunday, and this is no exception. Leading us off today is the extraordinary governor of South Dakota. She just was named the best governor in America by Alec, based on a whole bunch of measures of her financial management, economic management. And she will be giving a keynote address on foreign policy and national security at the Reagan Library this week. And her name, you know it, Christy Noem. Yes, the governor of South Dakota, the former congresswoman, the former member of the House Armed Services Committee. We had a great interview with her. That's coming up first. Then we've got a bunch of congressmen coming up that I always love to have on the show. Troy Nels, remember, he was the guy that had the Capitol Police rummaging around in his office. He thinks spying on his congressional agenda. He's going to give us an update on that, plus the border. That's always a great opportunity. Congressman Tom McClintock from the great state of California, really fun guy. He always makes me laugh. He has lots of substance to him as well. That's always fun. And then Morgan Ortegas, former State Department spokeswoman for Mike Pompeo for President Trump, now really making waves as a candidate running for Tennessee House seat, a U.S. House seat, congressional seat in Tennessee. She's going to be joining us as well. What a great lineup. Don't miss it. Back to back to back to back. All great interviews from Amanda and my time on the television show this week. Sit back, kick back, enjoy, and then we'll be back Monday with another great edition. God bless you and have a great weekend. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with 
gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends, who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Good evening, America, and welcome to tonight's edition of Just the News, Not Noise, the nightly show that cuts through the murky swamp's constant noise and focuses on delivering just the news directly to you. I'm John Solomon here in Washington, D.C. And I'm your co-host, Amanda Head, joining John here in the thick, murky swamp all this week. (laughs) And it's great to be here, but only because I am here with you, John. Oh, thanks, Amanda. It's so great to have you here, though I miss all the grapefruit and nuts jokes from California. That's that's not not nearly as fun. They'll be back next week. I knew they would be. Well, we've got a full lineup of guests to discuss the news today, starting with South Dakota's governor, and not only the South Dakota governor, she's America's number one governor. Christy Noem's going to be joining us in just a few seconds. But first, we want to highlight the importance of what's going on here in Washington. As of yesterday, President Biden signaled that he would more than likely rescind the Title 42 uh, regulation that President Trump used to keep illegal aliens from flooding across our border during the pandemic. Now, there's a lot of stark opposition on this measure coming from a lot of members of his own party and Congress, but Biden has yet to indicate whether he'll act or abate on that decision. We're going to have a lot of discussion about the border today, Amanda. Yes, indeed. Yet coming from the southern border to inflation and the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, everything seems to be everyone else's fault. After all, and just a few hours before we came on air, Biden once again blamed Russian President Vladimir Putin for the rising price of oil right here in our very own country. While blaming Putin during a time of international strife between Russia and Ukraine, Biden said he would be releasing one million barrels of oil per day, how generous, from our nation's strategic petroleum reserve to slow rapid price increases. John, I really wonder how Biden expects for us to live off this supply, or I guess fend for ourselves if we're ever involved in any type of war when he's depleting our supply and not restocking it quick enough. Thoughts on this? Oh, I have a lot of thoughts, but you know what? Our first guest probably has better thoughts than I, so why don't we get right to her? She's the former congressman, the current governor of the great state of South Dakota, and just recently picked to be America's number one governor. Governor Christy Noem, it's an honor to have you on today. Oh, thank you, John and Amanda. It's great to be with you. You were talking about rising gas prices, and I don't know if there's another state that's hit harder 
when these prices rise. Uh, in South Dakota, it's pretty cold in the wintertime. It's hot in the summer, and it is a long ways to drive anywhere. We're the backbone of the country, and rising gas prices eat up a larger margin of people's incomes here. They live on tight budgets anyways, and it's a drastic uh, hit to their pocketbook that we've seen this last year. You know, the Keystone Pipeline was going straight through South Dakota, and on day one in office, Joe Biden canceled the Keystone Pipeline, and that started uh, this crisis that we're seeing here at home with our energy supply. Yeah, no doubt. Governor, I want to ask you about the decision today by President Biden to basically drain the strategic petroleum reserves that President Trump had refilled. Used to be on armed services. You know a lot about national mm -hmm. security. Is this a risky move in a, in a moment where the world is aflame with war? It is. It tells the rest of the world that the United States is not ready to seriously solve the problem and look strong. Uh, I've been to Afghanistan, Saudi Arabia. Uh, I've been to these countries uh, in Europe where we get a lot of our energy supply. I've visited with them and their national leaders. They know that an independent America is a strong America. An independent America that provides for its own energy supply uh, is going to not be bullied by them and not strangled by them and what they provide for us. And we're making the opposite decisions out of the White House right now. So it's going to be a challenge that we uh, have with this president that he's not willing to really solve the problem, open up our federal lands to drilling, be willing to put the Keystone Pipeline back online instead of opening up the reserve like he did that basically is just a warm and fuzzy that is a, a smoke show for the fact that he doesn't want to solve our real crisis. Yeah, and speaking of warm and fuzzy smoke shows, you recently vetoed a South Dakota bill requiring legislative review of federal spending. And I know that you were critical mm -hmm. of this even before it went for approval at the state legislature. And you're always looking out for South Dakotans. What did you see wrong with this bill such that you vetoed it? Well, the bill that the legislature gave to me um, was going back and requiring us to duplicate our budgeting process while slowing down the federal dollars that go out into communities. Um, it was giving one person, the Speaker of the House, the total control over what grants got funded and which ones didn't. And that's not what South Dakota does. Uh, South Dakota has always had a budgeting process that has allowed us to balance our budget for 133 years in a row. Uh, we are the most fiscally sound state. We have the fully funded pension fund, AAA credit rating. We do things right here. We've paid down debt. We have no taxes except a four and a half cent sales tax and we have historic revenues. So our good conservative governorship has really benefited our people and this bill would have tragically put all of the control for those federal dollars into one man's hands and I just wasn't gonna let it happen. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I know, Governor, that you're, you have always been about accountability, holding people to account, and it doesn't matter the party when accountability is called for mm -hmm. you. Call for it. South Dakota House panel has decided against impeaching your state's attorney general who was involved in a fatal car accident. Uh, what's your reaction to that decision? Well, the, the committee is recommending to the House, do not impeach. I strongly disagree with that. Um, this question has been uh, on South Dakota's minds for over a year. The accident happened over a year ago, and I certainly understand that that things happened. The attorney general was distracted. He was on his phone, went off the road and to the side of the road in the grass and hit a man that was walking and killed him. My question is, should he still be the top cop in the state uh, based on the behaviors he took after that accident? Uh, he left the man in the ditch, did not come back till noon the next day. Um, he has lied throughout the investigation, tried to cover it up. That's not somebody that we want being the top cop in the state of South Dakota. All of our sheriffs have called for him to resign 
support somebody else. Our state's attorneys overwhelmingly don't support him. Very difficult for an attorney general to do their job with that kind of an environment. And I believe that he should be impeached and removed from his offense since he doesn't have the common sense to do so himself. Governor, you will be heading to the state where I live, and you're speaking at the Reagan <laughs> Library next Wednesday, yeah. following in the steps of some other notable speakers, Mike Pompeo, Tom Cotton, Mike Pence. Are you going to be announcing anything? <laughs> no, I'm just so thrilled to be there. I think uh, to be there is going to be an incredible honor for me. I'll talk a lot about national security. I'll also talk about the man the library is uh, built in honor of. You know, he was the 33rd governor of California. I'm the 33rd governor of South Dakota. We're both ranchers. We both love the land and we both felt like uh, being at our home was a retreat from a lot of the craziness that happens in government and politics. But recognize that this country needs leaders who serve and want to serve with honor in a way that truly does restore America's greatness. So we have a unique opportunity here as Republicans and as conservatives. That's what they've asked me to speak about is what does the Republican Party need to do? What should we stand for? And uh, what our policies should be going forward so the American people have hope in their country again? And that really is what I think my message will be. be uh, South Dakota is the perfect testimony of what Republicans should do. We get trusted our people uh, throughout the time I've been governor. We've given them the opportunity to have flexibility to make the best decisions for themselves, got government out of the way, kept taxes low, and they're thriving, they're happy. We're breaking records. We've got the number one economy in the country. Our kids have the number one educational outcomes. Uh, we need a little Reagan hope and optimism right now with all the darkness we see happening on the world stage. And, and I think that's the message we need to continue to carry. Yeah, I think people are craving that. Back when you were in the House, you served on armed services and you always have been a very strong voice on national security. Give us your over under. We're 15 months essentially into the Biden experience. We had the Afghanistan mess, now the Russia-Ukraine <laughs> mess. Do we have a peace through strength strategy or have we invented something else right now? Uh, this White House does not have a peace through strength strategy. In fact, I'm confident that the United States can go into one conflict uh, regardless of where it is and be victorious. Can we take on all of our enemies at one time? I'm not certain. And with him looking this week, I think China's feeling emboldened, Russia is feeling emboldened, Iran, North Korea, uh, and that's what concerns me. I think when you look specifically at Russia, I see the people of Russia even pushing back on the actions that Putin is taking. So I think he is dangerously close to having his own civil war in that country and that we'll have to continue to watch this and monitor it. But this White House needs a complete reversal on its stance when it comes to foreign policy. Uh, we need to continue to invest in our military, do the opposite of what he has done here in his budget that he released and make sure that we're out there uh, being strong with our enemies, uh, defining who they are clearly, and knowing that we will back up our allies every day of the week. Yeah, Governor, I think a lot of Americans and South Dakotans feel like there needs to be a reversal on a lot of things mm -hmm. that are coming from this White House. But I want to bring this conversation full circle. We've just got a couple minutes left and come back to energy mm -hmm. because you talked about something at the, at the beginning of the block about the extreme cold and the extreme hot temperatures, mm -hmm. the climate there in South Dakota. And we're about to be, you know, we're creeping up on summer where temperatures are going to, to go up. People want to go on vacation, but it's also planting season. So fuel is going to become more of a necessity for a lot of people. Um, I don't see any way out of this crisis considering the energy policies that this administration has implemented. Going into midterms this fall, following a summer where people are going to need fuel, but it'll be very expensive. How badly is that going to affect Democrats in the midterms? It will affect them uh, tragically. Uh, it will be 
very much uh, a weight around uh, their neck when they go into this election cycle because it hits every single family. Uh, even just our farmers here in South Dakota, the prices have increased so dramatically in the last 18 months that it's $5,000 a week uh, of an increase over last year just to fuel their big four-wheel drive tractors that they use to dig and prepare their land for planting. Uh, you add that onto food costs, it's not going to just be a hit on gas prices. It's going to be a hit on their grocery bill. It's going to be a hit on everything else that they go out and purchase for their family. They're going to have less money. They're going to be able to travel less. That shrinks the economy and people will feel it at home. So that's the challenge that we have. And I don't know how Democrats ever message their way out of this uh, to have a positive election cycle. Uh, Republicans just need to tell the stories of states that were led by Republican governors and how much better those families are doing there. It's conservative policies and especially economic policies that are making all the difference in the world for those families. Yeah, that is so true, Governor. Governor, we are so grateful for your time today. We love watching what South Dakota does and sharing that story with the country. It's really great. Well, come see us, it's warming up. All right, that sounds like a plan. Folks, stick around. We'll be right back after this commercial break with a lot more news and some great interviews as well. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, it's, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook a, a vegetable dinners, and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning, and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly, I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down, and my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick. House Nutrition, and of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.
All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. So glad to uh, have this next guest on. He has been one of the most cogent voices on the security of our country, particularly the border. Joining us right now from the great state of Illinois is Congressman Rodney Davis. Congressman, great to have you on. Great to see you, John and Amanda. Thanks for having me on. It's an honor. We had a chance to go down and see President uh, Trump down at the uh, Mar-a-Lago, and he had this to say about the state of the border and our country. I just want to listen and then get your reaction to it in just a few seconds. So when I watch to see what's happening, it's very, very sad. I mean, our country is being destroyed by these people. The border is a disaster. We're no longer respected. They don't respect our leader at all. They don't respect Biden at all. It's, uh, it's, so, it's so sad to see what's happened to our great USA. He says our borders are a mess, our nation's a mess. I know you believe that too. What's your reaction when you hear the former president say that? First reaction is, boy, don't we miss President Trump in the White House. <laughs> uh, what we're seeing in our southern border is a complete disaster and something, as President Trump said, was completely avoidable. The Biden administration tried to gaslight the American people for months, saying that we didn't have a border crisis, when those of us who have been to the border have witnessed it personally. And now they're about ready to announce changes that's going, that are going to encourage more illegal immigration. Uh, we've got to have a president who's willing to stand up and protect our border, make sure that we reinstitute the Remain in Mexico policy that was instituted under President Trump, and then let's see some real action towards securing our border, not just not just it, on the southern border, but everywhere throughout our country. And Congressman, if not the president, then at least the vice president, the person who he tasked with being the border czar, who has kind of danced around the border. She's been kind of close, but she hasn't been to any of the worst areas. And, and what always makes me apoplectic and incredulous is the fact that the left is the party of love and humanitarianism and lifting up the oppressed. But you look at the humanitarian side of the border issues, the human trafficking, the rape that takes place with women and children, and it kind of, it, it doesn't lend itself to the messaging that the left puts out there that they are the party of heart. Well, humanitarianism and love and, and, and caring all take a backseat to the far left agenda. The far left agenda is open borders, and we're seeing that play out on our southern border right now. And we all know we go talk to those border patrol agents who are witnessing these families and, and unaccompanied minors coming across the border every day. They know that they are part and parcel of the drug cartel that got them the passage across that point in the river. And at the same time, the drug cartel is moving their more profitable commodities, the drugs, the meth, the fentanyl, the heroin. They're moving it across the river at another crossing because they know our border patrol agents, they care about people. They will go for the people who are coming across the border before the drugs. Then the drugs come to Illinois. They're ravaging our communities. Every single state in this nation is a border state because of the Biden administration's incompetence in actually dealing with the border crisis. Yeah, it's so true. And, and now the national security concerns. When you hear last year, I think two dozen people that were known with known terrorist affili affiliations were captured. Uh, you hear a couple days ago that some Russians were uh, secretly brought across the border. And then, of course, fentanyl is sort of China's secret attack on America. How much national security risk do you think we're in with this open border right now? We're at a tremendous national security risk. And, and what you're going to hear from, from Democrats is, oh, well, you know, it's just a handful. I, 
I don't know about you guys, but one terrorist coming across our southern border is too many. I, I don't care if it's one, two, three, 20, 100. They all need to be stopped. And it's a policy problem that the Biden administration is exacerbating by their inaction. They can fix this. President Trump alone, through the Remain in Mexico policy that we all supported, fixed this, reduced border crossings to historic lows. And now there's an incentive. The incentive is that the Biden administration isn't going to punish, isn't going to prosecute, isn't going to send people back, and they're coming in droves. I live in a town, John and Amanda, of 11,000 people. And just a few weeks ago, we had 11,000 people living under one bridge in the Del Rio sector of Texas. That's how much this is a problem. And it puts it into perspective so well about what is not happening positively with the Biden administration. Congressman, I have a actually a two-part question. First question is, with, with the known terrorists that we have coming across our border, and, and probably dozens of others that we don't even know about, does it surprise you that we haven't had a homeland attack like Fort Hood or San Bernardino or something like that? And also, second part is, if Republicans take back the House in November, how aggressive are you guys going to be in passing legislation to shore up the issues at the border? What's the first thing you place in that legislation? Well, that might have been three questions. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I'd even give you a fourth right now. Uh, but for, first of all, uh, it, it's when when you look at the possibility of a terrorist attack. I mean, we thank the Lord every day that somebody doesn't try to hurt and maim Americans on American soil. So I'm glad that we haven't seen something like that. But the opportunities for terrorist attacks on our homeland go up when we have a porous border like we have. Yeah. Republicans are going to hold the Biden administration accountable. Remember, when we can take back the House from the Democrats, we utilize the oversight process to haul in these agency directors and put them on the record, put them on the record for their incompetence. And, and they then will hopefully tell us where these orders are coming from that allow thousands of people a day to come unimpeded into our country. And that's the type of leadership we need in Washington right now. Now, are we going to be able to be as effective as President Trump was in issuing orders that 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 helped stem the border crisis? No, because the executive branch has more power. But what we can do is ensure that border security is a number one issue when we're looking to legislate on any issue with the Biden administration. You talked about, and I think you were one of the first congressmen I interviewed a year ago that used this term that every state has become a border state under Joe Biden. The trafficking of humans really, uh, after these illegal aliens get into the country, they're then trafficked in. And it's a combination of government resources and nonprofits working together to move them to the interior of the country. Is there anything Congress can do to stop that? Is that a illegal human trafficking lawsuit? Are there things that Congress might try to do to get these agencies to abide by the laws that are already on the books? Well, first of all, we've got to haul those who are in charge of the, the, that program uh, into Congress and ask them what's actually happening. And then we can reconcile that with what we see is happening every time we, we fly in and out of airports and we see many unaccompanied minors uh, being moved all throughout the country. Uh, we see adults that are being moved all throughout the country. We have to get an assessment of how bad the Biden administration has failed and numerically understand uh, what those failures mean to this country. And then we can start to hold those agencies that may have skirted the law or even broken the law on some occasions, we can hold them accountable. And that's what we intend to do. 
Congressman, we've just got a couple minutes left. I wanted to ask you, if, as you look at the Rio Grande Valley and, and legal Hispanic immigrant communities, you see that support shifting over to Republicans. And you've seen that especially in Texas with mayoral races, uh, obviously House seats. Does that play into the legislation that you and other Republicans would like to put forth in January when you take the new term? Absolutely. I was just with my friend and colleague, Tony Gonzalez, who represents a border area in Texas. You know, we're going to have people like Tony that live there, that, that those border patrol agents are Tony's constituents. He is somebody that we are going to work with to put together legislation that's going to work. And that's what's imperative about electing Republicans in these border areas in our country right now. You mentioned it, Amanda. We had a mayoral election in McAllen, Texas, where a Republican was elected not too long ago. People in Texas realize that a porous border means a violent crime problem in your community if you live right across that border. We're going to win because Hispanics have had enough of the left-wing liberal uh, treat the criminals better than law-abiding citizens agenda that we're seeing play out with our border crisis now. Yeah, that is so true, sir. It's an honor always to have you on. You've been leading on this issue from the moment Joe Biden opened up those borders. And uh, we know that come 2023, Congress is going to be serious about getting this under control. We're really grateful for your time today. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's a great honor. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to have a talk about the energy crisis and where nuclear may fit into that. Our good friend Rich Powell will be joining us right after this commercial break. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back, everybody. Joining us now is United States congressional candidate Morgan Ortegas for Tennessee. Morgan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's our pleasure. OK, uh, before we dive into the latest updates on this residency bill that was approved by the General Assembly there, uh, can you quickly break down what this bill is and how it would affect your congressional campaign for our audience? Yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about this. Listen, I've said the entire time uh, that I've been in this race after President Trump 
pre-endorsed me, you know, he, he endorsed me before I even got in the race, which was a massive honor. Um, and I'm so lucky that he has uh, stuck by me and stuck by my side. And, and, you know, listen, I fought for him in the Trump administration and now he's standing by me and I'm appreciative. Uh, so there are some people, uh, you know, in the legislature, they passed a bill uh, that would add requirements for people running for federal office um, that goes beyond what's in the Constitution. Uh, so the Constitution basically says you have to be 25 and uh, you have to live in the state from which you're running. Um, so that bill, as it currently stands, I, I believe is with the governor uh, right now. It's on his desk. Uh, I, as of my knowledge, as of this moment, he has not taken any action. So we will see what happens there. But listen, I just believe and I'm confident that the best thing to do in any election is to give the voters a choice. Let them decide who best represents them. And I think once they meet me and talk to me and get to know me, that they'll see the same qualities that President Trump saw in me. Yeah, well, listen, there's some people already see it. I think one of the super PACs that are supporting your candidacy filed a lawsuit against this law even before the governor decides to sign it. Tell us what that might do to the race, what you know about. I know it's a separate group, but what what do you know about the lawsuit and what, what might it do? Yeah, listen, I, I don't have any knowledge of what any uh, particular PAC is doing. I read the same media reports uh, that you do. Uh, I know that there are some voters, um, according to the media reports, that want to be represented uh, as, as it relates to them having their own choice uh, of, of who should be on the ballot. And that's really what I think this comes down to. You know, again, I moved to Tennessee uh, because of Tennessee's conservative values. I have a daughter. I have a little baby. She's almost 17 months. Um, but my husband, and I moved here. I started a business here. Um, and we were, of course, fighting for President Trump. I was working for him in the trenches, uh, as you know full well, John, what we were dealing with at the State Department, just undermining the president at every turn. And so I would have loved to have moved to Tennessee sooner, but I think it was incredibly important that I was uh, in the fight with President Trump in the trenches with him uh, the last few years of his administration. Morgan, there's something that's confounding about this bill to me, because as you cited earlier, it, it goes beyond the Constitution, but it also goes beyond what like 46 or 47 states do. Most states, the residential requirement is one year or less. There are only, I believe, three states that come even close to this, and that's two years of residency required for U.S. Senate races. Um, my question is three years. That I mean, that that to me just seems exorbitant. So do you have any idea who's behind this? Who's throwing their weight behind it? Who even proposed it on the floor of the General Assembly? Yeah, listen, some people who proposed it obviously have candidates other than me in the race that they would like to support. It's clear that they, that it's not me. And that's fine, right? Everybody gets to uh, have their vote, have their choice. But but that's what we need to allow is for people uh, here in Middle Tennessee to have the choice who, who best represents them. Listen, I, I'm not a career politician. I've never run for office before. Um, and if you want career politician, uh, there's several in the race that you can choose from, right? But if you want to conservative, if you want a pro-life mom, if you want someone uh, who not only talks about America first policies, but has actually fought for them and implemented them around the world, I'm your girl. There you go. Well, listen, you, you served in the military. You were there at the State Department when the historic Abraham Accords were negotiated. Yeah. And it really brought a, a different dynamic of peace to the Middle East like we hadn't seen in a half century or more. Right. I want to ask you about the big thing that's on this horizon now, the Iran deal. It looks like even Democrats are getting agita as it's getting closer. Uh, one of the most important pro-Israeli uh, negotiators dropped off the uh, negotiating team this week. 
What's your read on the politics of this? We know that what the deal is. Why are Democrats suddenly getting cold feet about this? Well, I, I hope they are. I hope you're right about that. I, I don't know that they are. And listen, uh, me, I have a voice. I've had a, you know, a position, obviously, in national security to work with Jared Kushner and Mike Pompeo and President Trump on Abraham Accords. So I'm going to shout from the rooftops about how bad this deal is. Uh, and then once I get into Congress in November, I'm going to do everything I can to stop it because it is dangerous for American national security. John, there's a few things that your audience should know. First of all, uh, the first JCPOA or Iran deal that that was negotiated in the Obama administration. This isn't it. This is actually even worse. And by the way, President Trump called that deal one of the worst ever in foreign policy history. Uh, but this deal uh, as being negotiated. By the way, we're not negotiating this deal. There's not American negotiators doing this. The Russians are nego negotiating with the Iranians on our behalf in Vienna. That's unconscionable, especially after the invasion of Ukraine. Uh, secondly, um, one of the big points of contention is about the IRGC Quds Force. Now, what are they? They are the paramilitary wing uh, of the Iranian military that are responsible for hundreds of American deaths. We designated them as a foreign terrorist organization. The Iranians want that designation removed. Now, this is the same group, not only that is responsible for killing hundreds of Americans, that is currently and actively plotting an assassination attempt against President Trump, Mike Pompeo, and at least two other senior members of President Trump's team. It, it sounds ridiculous when I say this, because I know someone in your audience is listening to this and thinking, well, how can Biden and his team be negotiating with someone that's trying to kill the last president? Well, that's what they're doing right now. Secondly, uh, they are also negotiating to give at least 10 billion, that's that's with a B, that's billion with a B, $10 billion of sanctions immunity to Russia and to Iran for Russia to build nuclear reactors in Iran. I mean, this is this deal is so bad that you can't. You, I mean, I, I literally feel ridiculous, John, saying some of this because it just seems uh, like, well, there's no way they could actually be doing it. But they are. Uh, by the way, under this same deal, the Russians would actually purchase uh, the enriched uranium from Iran. <laughs> I can't I, I just can't. Right. It's Friday afternoon, John. I can't tell you the fact that we're talking about undesignating as a terrorist organization, uh, a paramilitary wing of the Iranian military who has killed hundreds of Americans who are actively trying to kill our last president and our last secretary of state. We're talking about giving 10 billions of dollars to the Russians. Uh, the Biden administration says they're so bad, they're evil, what they're doing in Ukraine, which, by the way, they are. But you can't say that. And then give them $10 billion in sanctions immunity. And you know, let I, have them a, I have a funny feeling this deal looks bad on Monday, Tuesday, Sunday, Saturday. It's a bad deal. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, and you've done such a great job, Morgan, helping us understand it. We, we really appreciate that. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be around with our chance to answer your questions. Town Hall time coming up right after this commercial break. Welcome back, everybody. Joining us now is Congressman Troy Nels from the great state of Texas to talk about the crisis at our southern border. Congressman Nels, welcome to the show. Amanda, it's good to be with you. We're happy to have you. Yesterday, Senator John Cornyn warned one of our reporters at Just the News of a human tsunami if Biden lifts Title 42. Do you think that this is a, a fair characterization of what could come? Well, it is because Title 42 allowed us to 
send people, individuals that are crossing our southern border illegally back. Well, I think Title 42 obviously would be a travesty if, if they would repeal that. But even more important, I think, is what we have to understand is we need to go back to Trump's policy with the remain in Mexico. That's even more powerful than Title 42. So let's just go back to the remain in Mexico policy and, and then we'll just get, uh, we'll help secure our southern border. But yeah, Title 42 is a concern to all of us. What you've seen now with every month, every single month, we continue to see an increase of illegals trying to enter our country. And January, February is 164,000 in 2022, February 164,000. And what was it under Trump in 2020? It's a 350% increase in the last two years. So yeah, we have a crisis at our southern border and this administration, it's all by design. They don't care about the million, possibly 2 million people coming into our nation over the past 12 to 14 months and, and into the next year. So it's a sad state of affairs. Yeah, it really is, sir. And, and on top of that, I want to ask you a little bit about the, uh, the Biden budget, because he just released it and he was bragging that hey, we only have a trillion dollar deficit this year, which, by the way, if you take into account inflation, it may not be a trillion, maybe a lot more. But at the end of this budget, we would be heading towards 50 trillion dollars in debt. That's more than the entire world's economy. When does this debt accumulation stop? When can Republicans say enough is enough? We're going to put debt in reversal. Do you think that moment is on the horizon? Well, it's unfortunate. It's kind of sad that we're not able to stop this currently. I mean, it's a 5.8 trillion budget this year, and there's billions of dollars going to the IRS, which I think is a failure. There are billions of dollars going into the Green New Deal. When we've seen inflation and we've seen gas prices going up to six, seven bucks in some states, this administration is an all-out assault. They have, they hate, they despise the oil and gas industry. When we need it the most today, you know, we were buying oil from Russia. Europe is counting on Russian oil. Why shouldn't Europe count, Europe count on the America to provide some of those fuels for those for countries in, in, in Europe and NATO? But no, 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 this is all about oil and gas. They hate oil and gas. It's about the Green New Deal. And that's what you'll see. You'll see a bunch of this garbage in this new budget. And of course, I'm a no. But it's, it's very important that when we take the House back in uh, next year, that under Speaker McCarthy, that we make sure that we're responsible, fiscally responsible to the taxpayers in this country, because we've had a spending problem for decades. Just not the Democrats, Republicans as well. We got to get this under control. Congressman, we've heard that Border Patrol has been asking for volunteers to come down to the border, uh, looking towards that Title 42 possibly being lifted and trying to be prepared. But as a former sheriff, are there enough Border Patrol agents that we can send down to the to the border to take care of this and, and, and to fix, not fix immigration, but make it at least a little bit better if he does lift Title 42? Well, Amanda, we do know that obviously Border Patrol there, they have so much work to do down there and, and they're babysitting uh, actually, and they're not actually out there trying to defend our southern border. So what, uh, what we did in Texas under uh, Governor Abbott is he's augmented the Border Patrol with the Department of Public Safety as well as the National Guard. So they are getting resources in Texas such as state law enforcement officers with Department of Public Safety and National Guardsmen to augment the Border Patrol because they are spread so thin. And I think that is just, it's a travesty, but as we will see for the next several months, as long as this president is in office, you are gonna see a very poor Southern border. The crisis is going to continue to get worse. 
And as long as you continue to invite thousands and thousands of people into our country and just let them cross our southern border illegally, it's not going to stop. Do you think the people in these third world countries are just going to say, ah, we decided to not come anymore? They're going to continue to come Title 42 or no Title 42. That's just the reality we have today. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, Congressman, I want to switch topics for a second because it wasn't that long ago when there was an incident where police officers were found in your office. You had real concerns about intrusion on your business as a congressman. Can you tell us if we've learned anything more? Have the police come back and apologized? Do we, do we have any more clarity about what went on in that episode? Well, what we do know is the IG is conducting his investigation, Michael Bolton. I think he's an honorable man. Last word was he will have his investigation into my incident to me by the first week of April. I found out that he's going to retire now here in, in the month of April. I hope Nancy Pelosi hasn't forced him to do that. But I can't wait to get the IG's report into this intrusion uh, into my office, into why the Capitol Police were in here, why they were taking pictures of my legislative priorities. Somebody's going to have to answer some very difficult questions, and hopefully he will have the answer to me here in the next, next week or so. Yeah, I can imagine that's a disconcerting and unsettling feeling and an invasion of privacy. So I hope that that gets uh, resolved to your satisfaction. We've just got a few minutes left. So I wanted to ask you, there is a runoff taking place for Texas Attorney General. Who are you rooting for? Oh, I'm a Ken Paxton fan. No question about it. I, I've endorsed Ken Paxton right away when I found out that he was in a runoff uh, with that, uh, the gentleman, the Bush fella. But no, I think Ken Paxton is going to do a hell of a job. He is out there. He's a, he is out there fighting. Uh, he sues the Biden administration. He sued Obama and he, he supports border security. So, no, I, I kind of like everything about Ken Paxton. I think he's done a great job. Yes, some people don't, you know, maybe like his attitude and some of the things that he has to say. But I think he truly loves this country. He certainly loves the great state of Texas. And we need him as our AG for four more years. Yeah, so we got about less than a minute left. I just want to ask this. Texas has been leading on a lot of things, but one of the things it's most noted for in the last year, fighting for states' rights over a large Washington. Are you proud about what your state's doing? I have. You know, I did an interview. They talked a little bit about election integrity. And our state legislature, you know, uh, controlled by Republicans, have done a good job to make sure that when we went to our primary here in March, that we had election integrity, that what took place in 2020 wasn't going to take place in 2022. So, yeah, I'm very proud of our, our, our state legislature, both bodies, as well as Governor Abbott, because I think they understand just how important election integrity is. Once the American people lose faith in our election process, well, then all hell is going to break loose. And you saw it on January 6th. That's right. Congressman, a lot happening in the state of Texas with respect to politics. So we will be keeping our eye on that. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. God bless you both. And stay right here. Keep it on Just the News, Not Noise, because we have a lot more coming up after the break. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back, folks. The last segment of the show. We've got a great guest for you. Every time I interview him, I always walk away learning something really special. Joining us right now from the great state of California, yes, Amanda's home state, is Congressman Tom McClintock. Congressman, great to have you on the show. Uh, pleasure to be with you, John. Hi, Amanda. Great. Oh, it's great to be with you, sir. 
Uh, uh, listen, there's an interesting poll out. The Political Morning Consult poll found that Republicans maintain a double-digit voter advantage in the key midterm categories, inflation, economy. I have been here in this town a long time. I haven't seen a lean like this for Republicans in, in any of that time. What's going on? Why are Republicans moving up so quickly? I think people are simply connecting the dots. I mean, look wherever the left has taken uh, unchallenged control of a jurisdiction, whether it's a city like San Francisco or New York or a state like California, you see exactly the same social and economic uh, pathologies of uh, everything from failing schools, uh, rampant homelessness, uh, rising crime, of uh, chronic shortages of of basic uh, necessities like uh, energy, uh, skyrocketing housing costs, uh, sky-high taxes, uh, failing businesses, and ultimately fleeing families. I don't know of a single jurisdiction the left controls that doesn't show all of those signs. And I think finally people are beginning to make the connection between the policies and the conditions that they create. People ask me all the time, what, how could this be happening to our country? And the answer is pretty simple. If you voted for the Democrats, this is exactly what you voted for. And if you're surprised by that, you weren't paying attention. And I think the pains become great enough. People are paying attention, connecting the dots. And uh, uh, will, in this next election, change the course of this country dramatically. Congressman, I'm glad you said you get who you vote for, because I was actually just having a conversation earlier today with some of our producers about California specifically and the rising crime. I'm in Los Angeles, so you see all of these these problems that are propagating across California. And, and to bring that home to federal politics, it almost feels like there's a democratic method for states, and then they want to take that prototype and spread it nationwide with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris at the helm. Do you feel that way as well? Yeah, that's, that's just what socialism produces. Is it produces it very consistently. Like I said, I don't know of any exceptions to that. That's what these policies end up doing. I mean, I, if you're from California, I live in California. Uh, we live that every day. Uh, uh, at the uh, airport on Monday, gas was uh, unleaded gas, or uh, I should say, uh, uh, regular gas was running for six dollars and nineteen cents a gallon. I do have to correct the record first. I am not, I was not born in California. I just live there. I'm not a Californian at heart. I'm an Alabamian. She wants to disown California, sir. Watch out. And ultimately, people end up voting with their feet. I mean, we've had a net loss of more than 3 million Californians. That is, 3 million more people moved out of California than moved in in the last three decades. Yeah. That trend is accelerating. And where are they moving? Uh, they're moving to states that still practice freedom. It comes down to this freedom works and socialism sucks. It is that simple. <laughs> there's your, there's your uh, re-election campaign right there. That is a great line. Uh, I want to, Speaking of freedom, uh, House Republicans have opened this new probe into Twitter, Facebook, the suppressing of the Hunter Biden laptop story, the, really the re- re- repression of free speech is much larger than that laptop story. Uh, your expectation for what you might find when we get to the bottom of that story? Well, I think we already have a pretty good idea of what we're going to find because it's already laid out in the emails. Enormous amounts of money were coming from foreign interests into the Biden family. Uh, And according to uh, the emails that we've seen so far, part of that was ending up in Joe Biden's pocket. Uh, uh, So I I think that's pretty well laid out. uh, And I expect that we're going to be seeing that as one of the major objects of investigation in the uh, when the Congress reconvenes in, in January. 
Congressman, earlier this week, President Biden gave remarks about his very bloated uh, budget proposal. I wanted to get your thoughts on that. <laughs> well, where do you begin? It comes down to this. All of that free money that, uh, that Biden and the Democrats sent out last year, turns out it's very expensive. Uh, you pay it back every day at the grocery store, at the gas station. We all remember from Econ 1, what is the classic definition of inflation? Too many dollars chasing too few goods. What did these leftists do? They locked down our economy. They paid people not to work, and they flooded the, uh, the economy with excess dollars. Uh, we're now dealing with an 8%, nearly 8% inflation rate. Uh, what that means is an average family has seen its purchasing power cut by over $5,000 a year. If you manage to put away $100,000 into a savings account for retirement, the government's already taken $7,900 of that. No country in the history of civilization has ever taxed and borrowed and spent its way to prosperity. But many have done so to their ruin. And once again, that is one of the hallmark policies of the left uh, and the conditions that it creates, again, very consistent uh, inflation uh, and ultimately economic collapse. Yeah, it really is. Sir, we got about less than a minute left. I want to ask you this. When voters go into that booth in November with all the things going on, the war, the inflation, crime, open border, what's the question they're going to ask themselves before they pull that lever and decide who's in control of Congress next year? Well, they're going to decide very simply the future for themselves and, and their posterity. Uh, it's, it's not the least bit complicated. In democracy, you get the government you vote for. It turns out to be a government you don't like. That's nature's way of warning you to be a little more careful about the next time you cast a vote. And I think that's what the American people are going to be doing. And I think that's what's going to save this country. Yeah, that's what our founding fathers intended. Those elections can make changes. Yeah. Sir, it's always an honor to have you on. Thanks so much for joining us today. My pleasure, John. Thank you for having me. Uh, my pleasure. All right, folks, that wraps up another show. I have one expectation left. I can't wait to see what Jimmy Kimmel says in response to Amanda's right on the money statement today. Let's see if he actually has the chops to say something back. We'll be back here tomorrow. we got great uh, guests uh, and uh, another day of investigative reporting. Have a great night. God bless you and God bless this great country. as you Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 98 98 right now.